Hey, um, we're in a series called Bless This Home. And um, it's our desire as a church that God would bless your home. Wherever you're at, where, whoever you live with, whatever you call home, whether it's some, some college friends or whether it's some roommates or whether it's your husband, your wife, or maybe it's just, uh, maybe you live with your, your siblings, whoever, wherever you live at. We're, it's our prayer that God would bless your home. And, and so we're kind of wrapping our idea and our, uh, wrapping our mind around this idea of God blessing our home, and more so than just God blessing our home, maybe blessing everywhere that we would go. Wherever you go, whatever interactions, whatever conversation you have, that God would bless those conversations. God would bless the places that you go. God would place, bless the things that you're a part of. And so we're kind of helping us get together as a church to get to that place where God's blessing the things that we're around. And the place that we started with last week was God bless this house. This house, this, this, this is, we call this the house of God, and it's, it's weird because I, it's, it's kind of cool because in the Old Testament, they were, it was a portable church. That was the Old Testament, and here we are in 2016, and we are a portable church again. And so we're a portable church. That's no surprise because some of you guys come play basketball in here on, on Monday through Saturday, or you lift over there. And um, I was in the back today with my friend Eloy, and he was eating a donut. He's like, it's okay, I'm about to go lift. <laughs> and so um, it's cool. It's always weird. Whenever I come here to see the staff and hang out, I, I come in with a, with a gift. I usually bring donuts. And it's such an oxymoron to walk into a gym with donuts. And um, it's just kind of where I'm at. I, I, was, I just introduced you guys to Lee where I, where I work out at. But a lot of times I don't work out at nighttime. Here's why I don't work out at nighttime. Because the CrossFit gym that I work out at, right across the street, there's an ice cream shop. <laughs> I swear to goodness, my car just wants to go that way right when I get done working out. It just had an automatic draw to my car. And so I want to go get ice cream. So this week, we, a couple of our friends, I invited them to go get ice cream at the place. And um, Lee came and watched. And um, you can't get, you can't gain calories if you're just watching the ice cream being eaten. <laughs> it's when you eat is when the calories start to catch up to you. But we want God to bless everywhere you go. We really want that. Some of you guys are brand new today and you're trying to figure all this whole thing out and trying to figure out who I am. And, and it's cool. We're just glad you're here today. And um, you're welcome here. You're wanted here. I think sometimes we go into church. I was telling two of my friends this week. I think sometimes we walk into church and we think, I can't, people don't come because they think, well, I'm screwed up and I can't go to church. And that's the best place for screwed up people to go because when you get into this church and hopefully the church that you go to, any church you go to, all the people around you are screwed up. We're all, the Bible uses the word sinners. I use the word screwed up. It sounds a little bit more uh, culturally relevant. But we're all sinners in here today. And so you're in good company. If you came today thinking, man, I've got... And then more so, one, so one step further than that, if you're here today, you're probably thinking, what I struggle with, no one else in here struggles with. And what you'll realize is if you start having conversations with people, you'll realize that what you're struggling with there are people all around you in your section or the section next to you, the section next to them or over here that we're all struggling and some of us are struggling with the same exact things. And so you're in good company today. We hope you feel like this is a home. We hope you feel welcome. We hope you feel like, man, I can, God can, God's going to bless me being here today. And I believe that he's going to today. And so we're in a series called Bless This Home. Last week we talked about this house and we believe that God blesses the house that's doing God's will. Now, God's will is this big thing. We're like, oh, man, I don't even know what God's will is for my life, and that's a church thing. And God's will is, we've labeled God's will as doing two things. It's, it's doing one thing. It's the great commandment. The great commandment is this, that we would love God with, with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, that we would love God, that we wouldn't just love God with our mouth, but we'd actually love God with our heart, where God just totally consumes our heart and he has all of our heart. Not only does he want us to love God and love him, but he also wants us to love people, not just with our words, but he wants us to love people with our actions, God wants you and I to love people with our actions. It's easy to say you love God because that's such a cultural thing. We say that, well, we love God. It's on bumper stickers now and maybe it's in your house. It's easy to say it. Or maybe I love people. Maybe that's easy for you to say I love people. 
but do you take time out of your day to go help people? When you see someone hurting, do you stop and say, hey, are you okay? Do you pick up the phone call and say, hey, I, I saw you were struggling. Hey, I'm, I'm moving. Hey, can you help me come move my house? Can I help be a part of that? Do you say that you love people and do you say that you love God or do you, is it actually in your actions and in your lifestyle? So God blesses the home that does his will. But today I want to go from this house, take a deep breath, and I want to go into your house. <laughs> you're like, you're not allowed to come to my house. <laughs> Too late. <clears throat> I'm already going there. We're here. I got you for the next 35 minutes, and I'm just going to walk into your house uninvited. You're like, you can't do that. <laughs> I'm going to. It's just figuratively speaking. How would you feel today if we got out of church there, we got to the back, and I said, hey, I'm going to, uh, Rob and Georgie, I said, hey, I want you guys to know that I'm, I'm going to your house today. Rob and Deb, I'm going to your house today. Would you like, would you like, if you said that to us today, I mean, our house is always clean. I mean, it's just spot, and it's just spotless. I mean, we don't have any toys anywhere. Our two-year-olds never make a mess. My two-year-old the other day, when I was getting ready, she didn't go grab a thing of orange soda and just look like she just poured it all around the kitchen. Not my house. That didn't happen in my house. It's always, the floors are always clean. I mean, the bathroom's spotless. Our, our, our bed's always made 90% of the time. Even when we're sleeping, our bed is made. Um, no, if I said, hey, I'm coming to your house, you'd probably hop in your car, and you would get home as fast as you can, and would you start picking up? How many of you guys would do that? You, you pick up. If I say, hey, I'm coming to your house, say, I'm going to come. Yeah, you would go clean up. That's most of you guys. Everyone who didn't raise their hand, we want to be like you. You know, it's, it's nice. That's our goal is to have a clean house like you one day. And clearly, if your house is spotless, you don't have any kids that are preschool through elementary, clearly. Or you're, you're an empty nester, so maybe your house, I don't know. I'm just waiting for down the road when all the kids are out, so I'll have a clean house again. You know, it's so we have twins, and it's like when one makes a mess, you go clean it up, and you turn around, and the other one's making a mess. And then when you go clean up, sometimes they flip-flop. It's so, they're so fast, they flip-flop, and the mess I just cleaned up, I could have sworn the boy made it, but now the girl's making the same exact mess that I just cleaned up a few moments ago, because we have two-year-old twins. But I, I, here's what I hope for us as a church. I hope that whatever happens in this home, it continues into the home at your house. That's what we really want. We want what happens here. Not, we don't want God to set a fire in your soul that you can't contain, that you can't explain in, in the YMCA for 20 minutes. That's pointless. That's, that's, that's an exercise in futility for us. We're, we're, not, we're not hoping that people would come here and they would hear about Jesus and they would love Jesus for an hour and 15 minutes on Sunday morning. We're not hoping for that. We're hoping that whatever you get here today, that you would take it out to places where you go, to the restaurant that you're about to go to, that you in your home that you're about to go to. We hope that you would take it to your home and to your job tomorrow. How many of you guys are already bummed at tomorrow's Monday? <laughs> and um, we got a case of the Mondays. But I, it's coming. Monday's tomorrow, by the way. And hopefully we'll encourage you and inspire you so you can get through Monday. But the bad news is when you get through tomorrow's Monday, and just so you know, there's going to be another Monday next week, okay? But we want to get you, we want what happens in here to be something that you can take with you wherever you go. And so we have this phrase called bless this home and we want God to bless this house, but we want God to take what happens in this house into your home because what happens in this home should affect the home that you live in to the place that you're gonna go to. There's a Bible, um, there's a scripture in the Bible in Matthew chapter five. If you flip over to it, that'd be great. If you don't have a Bible, that's super cool. Um, <clears throat> they'll be on the screen today. And if you don't have a Bible today, if you don't own um, a copy of God's Word, we want to give you a copy today. When you walk out, you'll see my beautiful sister on the right. Um, just, um, just ask her for one. Say, can I get one of those Bibles? And we'll give you, we'll give you one. And um, we'd love to, love to have you. She's got some guests here today. They, they snuck in to see their friends. And Ron even at church today, that dog. And so their friends came to see them at church today. And 
Um, we just think this place ought to be, just a commercial, this ought to be a place where you can bring your friends. Church ought to be, your, be a place that you bring your friends. Whoever you hang out with on Friday and Saturday night, whatever you do, we just want, you can bring them here on Sunday morning. And so we're just glad you guys are here today. And um, we're going to open up the Bible for a few moments. I'm going to give you a couple things that are going to apply to your home in here today that hopefully you can take with you and that you can apply wherever you go when you leave here today. And I believe that say whatever you, you'll get, everyone in this room here today, you'll grab something today that you can take with you. Um, whether you're married, single, or want to be want to be married, or whether you're going through a good time, or you're in a good time, or whether you're in a bad time, or whether you, you want to be in a good time, no matter what season of life you're in today, I believe you can take something home with you. I love my friends. Uh, I have a friend. His church is called Expectation Church, and the whole premise is that you come expecting, and whatever you expect to get today, you're probably going to get that. If you're expecting to get coffee, then hopefully you got that. If you're expecting some hugs today and some warm people, we try to create environments where people are warm and they're welcoming and and so we hopefully that you got a warm welcome today. So we want to help you get ready. This is it's expectate. Whatever you expect over the next few moments, hopefully we're, you're going you're gonna to get that. If you're expecting, oh, they're not going to be doing anything for me, and God's not going to speak to me today, and church isn't going to work for me, then it probably won't. But if you say, hey, I'm going to get something. I'm going to dig in. I'm going to listen no matter what he says. I, I met a few, some friends a few weeks ago, and, and I was talking to her, and she said, yeah, I'm really, uh, she's there, she's there from Venezuela. And, uh, She's like, and it was her and her husband. I said, which one of you guys know English better? And he said, I do. And I said, how am I doing? <laughs> and she said, you speak so fast. And she said, and she said it was, it was uh, her name was Vicky, and it was her and her husband and me. And she says, if I can understand you, I'm going to graduate. That's my graduation present is to understand everything you say. And so I'm trying to talk fast to help her. I'm helping her. It's not about me. It's not that I can't slow down. I'm how to help her. So anyway, she's like, I'm trying to learn Wesley's English is way different than regular people's English. Um, I'm not even sure I know English well. And so, um, but let's read the Bible today, because that's why you came, uh, maybe. Matthew chapter 5, um, this, is the most this is one of the most powerful and the most important sermons in the entire history of all mankind, because it's the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus himself is speaking these words. He had a huge crowd, huge audience. And he opens up his Bible and says, hey, I got something for you guys. And he didn't have to have a Bible because he, he is God's word. And so he just started talking, okay? So scratch the part where I said he had a Bible. He was the Bible. And Jesus is the Bible. And so the Bible says in John, in John 1, 1, that in the beginning God was the word. And the word is God. And so when you open this book, it's actually God himself speaking to you. Matthew chapter 5, <clears throat> it's the Sermon on the Mount. It's also, um, these are also called the Beatitudes. And, um, and so... Maybe you're learning something new today, but Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. One day, as he, which was Jesus, he saw the crowds gathering, he went up on the mountain and sat down, and his disciples gathered around him, and he began to teach them. The crowds were there, the 12 disciples were there, and he starts to teach. And um, we hope, our, our, our hope for you and our hope for our churches is that we have encounters all week long with Jesus, and those encounters would lead us into having encounters with people. And what we have to talk about those people, we have Jesus to be able to talk about with those people. Does that make sense? Our, our community group season is coming to, to an end, and, and we were in our last week of our community group um, that meets on this side of town um, last, uh, on Wednesday night. And really what I want us to get to the place in our life is we're kind of living lives around coffee tables with God's word and with God's people. Or people, it doesn't have to be God's people. You can be, I think we ought to have conversations with everyone about Jesus until we find out whether or not they're a believer or not. I think we ought to do that. I think wherever we go, we should have conversations 
about Jesus. I, had a, I went and hung out with uh, David this week, and we had a conversation about Jesus. I walk into the CrossFit gym. I like the CrossFit gym. Whenever I I walk in, they put on Christian music. <laughs> I feel judged. <laughs> and so um, it's either Christian music or a workout twerk out. That's kind of what we listen to when we go into the CrossFit gym. And I'm, we're, I'm getting used to the workout twerk out, but, I, um, but the Christian music is fine too. But I hope wherever we go, some of you guys are going to get in your foot and put in workout twerk out. And you're be like, that pastor is messed up. <laughs> Don't put that in your phone. I'm telling you not to. It's in here somewhere. Do not put in workout, workout. Um, our, our, wherever we go, we ought to have conversations about Jesus. Dave and I sat down, and the owner of the restaurant sat down with us. And so I have a question for you guys. And he said, you know what I like? He said, you know what I want to do sometimes? I, I'm guilty because I'm guilty myself. Of, I'm guilty a lot of times of judging, not judging, of comparing myself to other people. Well, if you compare yourself to me, you, you, you can be a saint comparing yourself to me. Or maybe I can compare yourself, I, you know, if Diana compares herself to me, she's like next to Jesus. <laughs> but if I compare myself next to Eloy, I might feel like a heathen. Our point in life is not to compare ourselves to other people. Our, 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 our thing in life is to be like Jesus and his word. And so I like what my friend Aaron, uh, Aaron Burke says, we don't compete, we compliment. We don't compete as, as believers as believers and non-believers. We shouldn't be competing with people. We got to be complimenting people. We got to be not even competing people. We got to be congratulating people and pushing people along and high-fiving and, and, and hugging. Hey, good job. You're going to make it. We say at our church, the best is yet to come. You're going to make it. We say to our people sometimes, you're doing better than you think you're doing. Keep on going. You're going to make it. And so we believe in that. We believe in that as a church. So Matthew chapter 5, Jesus starts to teach. And here's what he teaches. Simple. God blesses. You want, to know, you want God to bless your home. Here's, here's, how, here's the home that God blesses. God blesses the home, or God blesses those who are poor, and they realize their need for him. Okay, so you might hear that guy, that's not me, I'm not good, because I, I'm, not, I'm not poor, Wes. And he's not talking about monetary. He's talking about those people that, are, that they, have a, they, have, they were born dead, which we all are born dead. The Bible says that you were born dead, and... And you need something to make you come alive. The only thing that can make you come alive is a person. And his name is Jesus. He has those, God blesses those people who realize they're poor. And they realize they have a need for him because the kingdom of heaven is theirs. You, you think you have a nice house now? And if you have a nice house, that's awesome. You, you ought to have a nice house. I think that's great if you have a nice house. That's great. Invite me over. I like to hang out in a nice house. And, you ought to come, and I want to have a nice house. And I want to keep my house clean. I want to be able to come to my house. And I want to have a nice home. And I want to open up my home and have people in it and, and use it as a tool. And I, I think it's great to have a nice home. But the home that you have on earth doesn't compare to the house, to the home that we're going to have in heaven. I'm excited. I've been to some nice houses. But they're not going to compare to the houses that are going to be in heaven. And as believers in here today, we got to start living like now, like we're going to live when we're in heaven. That's what Jesus tells us. We're, we got to live now like we're going to live in heaven. And so he said, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Promise. Right next to my Bible, promise. God blesses those who mourn. <clears throat> you want to be blessed? When you mourn, know this. When God, blessing is when you're comforted. God blesses those who mourn. God, God will comfort them. Promise. God blesses those who are humble. You ever met someone who's arrogant and liked them? Probably not. You, you like humble people. God blesses those who are humble. They realize that it's not about them. It's about other people. It's not about them. It's about God. For they're going to inherit the whole entire earth. People that are humble, God's going to bless their life. If you're arrogant, you, God, I want to be, you ought to walk out today and say, God, I want to be humble. The more humble we are, 
the more God's going to bless our life. God blesses those who are humble. The next verse is God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, who want to help people and they want to serve people. Because those people that are serving people, they're actually going to be satisfied. The greatest satisfaction, hopefully as a believer in here today, the greatest satisfaction you'll ever get in life, hopefully will be when you're helping somebody else. Hopefully that'll be, hopefully that'll be your greatest thing. That'll, when, you're, when you're helping people, hopefully that gives you, hopefully you'll say, man, this, I feel this is a blessing right here. I, I would, to help people, I mean, it just feels good. How many of you guys would just shake your head? It, it feels good to help people. Just like nod your head. Just to, and if you don't want to nod your head, just fake it. <laughs> it feels good to help people. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice to helping people because they're going to be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful. God blesses those who are merciful because they're going to be shown. They'll be shown mercy. That's blessing. Blessing is when you're shown mercy. We've all been shown mercy by God. But the question is, do we show mercy to other people? God blesses those whose hearts are pure. Because when your heart's pure, you're going to see God. What are your motives? How are your motives? How they look? And have your motives gotten better since you become a follower of Jesus? Are your motives in life to be like Jesus? Are you motivated to do things for Jesus? Are you, do, are you motivated out of guilt? Are you motivated out of fear? Are you motivated out of the, of the love that God has for you? I've said it a while, but my friend says this, but love is a greater motivator. If everything you do in life, I used to do all the right, all the church things, read my Bible, pray, tithe, give, serve. I used to do all of it motivated out of a fear or obligation. And God doesn't want anybody to feel, to live in fear and obligation. He wants us to do it out of the love that he has for us. So now I hopefully I try to do it because of the love that he has for me. God blesses those hearts who are pure for they will see God. God blesses all those who work for peace for they will be called the children of God. I want to be God's child. I like my parents, but they're not perfect. <laughs> but to be a children of God is amazing. It's amazing. God blesses those who are persecuted for, persecuted for doing right. <laughs> I always think about this whenever I talk about my parents in church, and I'm like, yeah, you know, my parents aren't perfect. If I'm a parent, I'd be th- if I'm my dad, I'd be thinking, and you're far from perfect too, son. <laughs> uh, uh, if I, I, my dad probably thinks when I say something like that, it's lucky, you're lucky I didn't kill you, boy. Because <laughs> I was a mess um, all the times that I snuck out and toilet paper houses till way late and I racked up the phone bill calling Diana when she was in Africa. That was a $400 bill. That was good. My parents should have killed me for a lot of things, but they didn't. <laughs> but it's better. It's, it's good to be a child of your parent, hopefully, but God wants us to be children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right for the kingdom of heaven is there. God blesses you when people mock you and they persecute you and lie about you and they say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. That stinks, right? Like, oh, God, I want people to make fun of me and to persecute me. No one's going to sign up for that, right? Like, that's not a good, that's not a good marketing campaign. <laughs> hey, follow Jesus and you're going to have lots of haters. Okay, cool. Where do I sign up? No one's going to sign up for that. But the Bible says that you're blessed when people do that because you're my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad that for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same exact way. Here's our desire for you is that you have a blessed home. You want to have a blessed home? God's got to be right in the center of it. Where does God belong in my house, Wes? And where does God belong in my life? God belongs in your life, right in the middle of my life. God belongs in the center of my life. In my life, everywhere I go, every direction that comes out of me, I ought to, I ought to come from Christ being right at the center. If I'm serving people, if I'm loving people, it ought to be because Christ is at the center. If I'm helping people, if I'm serving people, my motives, um, if, I'm, if, I'm doing all, if I'm being blessed, it ought to be because, because the God is at the very center of my being. 
That's what ought to happen. God, ought to, God, God blesses the home where Christ is at the center. And we're going to move into a topic today that some of you guys, you may cringe when I say it. You may say, oh, no, I don't want to be here for this week. And I, here's what I want to say to you today as a little preface to going into what I'm going to talk to you about in just a moment. Build up the anticipation. <clears throat> Whether you're in this season or you're about to be this season, I think it would do us all well to lock in. And we ought to just dig and say, you know what, I'm going to find something in this. Because I'm going to find, because it's going to apply. It may not apply to you today. It may apply to you tomorrow or down the road. Next week, spoiler, we're going to talk about parenting. Next week is second Sunday of the month. All of our middle school students will be in the middle school environment. All of our elementary school, elementary kids will be in their environment. And we're going to talk about parenting. Because I believe this, we ought to have God-centered parenting. And then the last week, I want to talk to you guys about how to have, how to survive the holidays <laughs> with your crazy family. Because if you're in it, your family's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Some of you guys are like, man, you hate the holidays. You're like, I got to go be around all these dysfunctional people, yourself included. <laughs> like, oh, no, not Thanksgiving. And if that ain't bad enough, I can hang out these same nut jobs literally a month later. <laughs> like November, December, those are the two, this is my two hated months. And I'm like, why? You get gifts. You should like that, you know, because that's my love language. But today I want to talk to you guys today. Deep breath about having a God-centered marriage. And here's what I want you to know. You want to be at a church that's pro-marriage. That's a good place to be at. If you're married, if you want to be married, if you want to meet somebody that wants to be married, you want to, you want to be at a church that wants God-centered marriages. You, you ought to want that. You want to have friends. I, I, uh, I, I think it's if you're single in here today and you want to be married, I think these, I, I, would, I would lean in. Because I want to help you get ready for the days ahead. I was talking with a, a person the other day, and they're in a relationship that's not God-centered. And I want to be like, get out. <laughs> get out. But I don't have a relationship yet to say that to them. But I want to be like, run. It's not God-centered. You're not married. Here's what, I also believe this. If you're in here and you're married today, I believe marriage should not be miserable. <laughs> You're like, what if it is? I think you can fix it if it's miserable. I, just, I believe that. But I also know this. I want you to think he's a fool. I also believe it takes two people to make it enjoyable. Marriage shouldn't be endured. It should be enjoyed. So I think it can work. If you're still in it, you can work it. But I also know it takes two to work it out. And if you're like, well, they don't want to work it out, then I know you're stuck like Chuck. I get that. But whether you're married you want to be married. And here's what I believe this. At our church, we say the best is yet to come. You may be here today, like, I think I have a good marriage. What if you could have a great marriage? What if you could have an incredible marriage? And one more disclaimer. <clears throat> it's easy to be up here and to be where you're at and say, I bet this little, this little kid here, he's only been married for 11 years. What does he know? <laughs> Some of you guys, I like when older people come to our church. I like it because I like to hang out with them and get all the knowledge I can get from them. But you might be thinking, what is this little punk 33-year-old kid know about marriage. He's only been married for 11 years. I, some of you guys are like, I've been married for almost as many years as he's been alive. How is he going to help me? Or maybe you're in here today and you're saying, man, Wes, you're not married to who I'm married to. You're not married to me. Be thankful. It's a work. The person you got, the most awesome person that we know in this church is Diana because she's married to me. I'm a handful. She's a saint. <laughs> supposed to say that, right? <clears throat> I don't have it all figured out. I don't have it on someone sitting to me today. You ever go through laws in marriage? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you mean last week? <laughs> How did you know? 
and the week before that, and the week before that. How did you know that? We go through these seasons where it's like, it's going great, it's going great, and then with a little dip and going great. So whether you're in that season where like, I feel like I'm in a valley. <laughs> and the bad news is I'm, I'm, I'm in that valley, and I'm like, ah, I want to get out of the valley. The good news about the valley is the mountaintop's coming. So can I give you a couple of practical things? Because a lot of people, when they come to our church, we have people that come to our church, they're non-believers. They don't believe in Jesus. They just come here and hang out with us. One of the things they like about our church is that it's practical. And our church ought to be practical. I believe this book is practical. I believe this book is practical. I, I think I ought to give one more disclaimer today because I, I, I feel like I should. <clears throat> I, I don't know where you're at in this, in this scheme of things, but I believe this. There's hope for everyone in here today, wherever you're at. I don't trust the, the last marriage I was in. I, if you're here today, like I was in a marriage and it didn't work out. The next one can be incredible. The next one can be God-centered. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't even think, oh, man, it's easy for you to say. It is. I, I pray every day that my marriage would, 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 would do well and we'd work it. I, I, was, I was telling Jill and Devante last night, they're getting married in December, and I'm doing their marriage coaching, and I, I was telling them this, that the, the marriage coaching that I give, if you walked to me today and you said, I've been married for 20 years, can you counsel me or coach marriage? I use the same exact material whether you've been married for 10 years, I've sat with Scott and Kelly, their friends of mine, we've talked about marriage stuff. They've been married for 11, almost 12 years. I got to renew their vows at 11 years, it was awesome. Or whether you've been married for 15 years, 20 years, or whether you're about to be married, it's the same exact stuff because there's just tools that we forget about as husbands and wives or that we never ever knew about. So here's what I wanna give you to say. When you leave today, every single person in this room and today is gonna get a paper that looks like this. Um, and it's a, it says on top of it, love language, personal, personal profile, love language, personal profile. How many of you guys in this room here today, you know your love language? Yeah, that's half of you guys. Or the rest of you guys are introverted. You're not raising your hand in church, and that's totally fine. But when you leave today, everyone in this room here is going to get a personality. Not a personality. It's, it's going to get a love language profile. Here's the kicker about love languages. Here's a, here's a tool for you today. And that a lot of you guys in your day, you're going through marriages, and you don't, even, you don't even know your love language. You don't know how you like to receive love. Which that's like, some of you guys, once you, once you walk out today, you're going to be like, I'm not going to come back next week because this just fixed everything. <laughs> this is, I, I love that church. I need to go back because that's what I came for. Because some people are, they're coming to church like, I need some help in this area. I need help in this area. I'm coming because my friend invited me or become because I heard the pastor says things that he shouldn't say from that no one other pastor's ever said before. Or, hey, it's not my grandma's church. It's not my grandpa's church. You've came for whatever reason. But some of you guys in here today, this is going to revolutionize your life. And here's the kicker. If you're single in here today, you want to know what your love language is. Whether you're married or not, you got to leave. So there's a copy for everyone here today. So when you walk out today, this is going to give you your love language. Here's the deal about love languages. There's five of them, and here's the five. There's words of affirmation. There's quality time. There's receiving gifts. <coughs> acts of service and physical touch. Those are the four. Words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. And I, here's what I think in here today, that everyone in your family ought to take a love language test. Everyone ought to know your love language. You ought to know what your love language is. If you're in a, I, I think Michelle, she's an awesome, 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 awesome aunt. If there was an ant competition, I would put her up against a lot of people in an ant competition because she's an amazing aunt. I think she ought to know both. She, she has a couple of boys that she's always with, her, her nephews, a, a lot. I think she ought to know their love languages. I like to know the people that I'm around closely to. I like to know their love languages. I know my wife's love language. You, the people that you're around, you ought to know their love language because that's how they like to receive love. Now, here's the kicker about love languages. Typically, you give what you like to receive. You want to know why? Because you're selfish. So the first five years of marriage, I was giving all these great gifts to Diana. All the kind of gifts that I like to receive. 
And at year five, I was like, this isn't working. When you walk up to someone and give them a $400 iPad and look at you like, why did you buy me this stupid iPad? That was like, I'm a slow learner, Gabe, but like it clicked for me. I'm like, she don't like gifts. I was like, hey, you need to take a love language test. I got to figure this thing out. I'm like, take this thing, hurry up, use a pen, you know? Because you like to give what you like to receive. You usually give what you like to receive. And that doesn't help you. That doesn't help the other person. My wife likes quality time. She likes to be in the vicinity of this awesomeness. <laughs> She's okay just to be in the same room with me. She likes that. She likes that. She, in the same room with me, she's totally cool. She likes hanging out with me. She loves hanging out with me. And she's like, you're just selfish. You just like gifts. Like now, now at 11 years, she walks into the room. She's like, here, I got you a gift. She just throws it at me. <laughs> no sweet presentations. Like, hey, I bought you this shirt. No wrapping. They used to be, I used to be wrapped before. Like it was, it was nice and wrapped. And now honey, you're just like, here, now you're on the hanger. <laughs> you selfish. Here, have your, your selfish piece of work. Just have that. <laughs> You give what you like to receive. And every one of us in here today, we ought to know the, the, uh, the people that we're around. We ought to know their love languages. Your closest friends, you ought to know their love languages. Their love languages. Uh, Val is a, is a friend of mine. I've known her for a long time. Val likes quality time. And so I just hang out with Val. For Christmas time, he's like, hey, let's just go hang out together. And that's, that, that's, that's his thing. Dustin, who's on our team in here today, and, and Val's one of our, uh, one of our um, investors in our church, but Val's friend of mine, he, just, he likes quality time. Dustin likes words of affirmation. So I can sit with him, and he just likes to be encouraged. Another one of our friends, he likes gifts. I, he just, I like to give him gifts. Chris likes quality time. Chris like, hey, let's, let's get lunch. I like when Chris does get lunch because Chris wants to hang out with me, and he always buys. It's a win-win situation. I'm getting my love language met. He's getting his love language met. It works out great. <clears throat> but he, his is quality time, and I know that because I've been, I've been friends with these guys for five and six and seven years. You, you need to know the people that you're around. You need to know their love of language. And especially if you're married, you ought to know what your spouse's love language is. Here's the second thing. I want to show you um, this triangle up here today. And I walked through this last night at, at a restaurant with um, Devontae and Joe. But there's this triangle right here. And it's God at the top, wife, husband. And here's the deal. Whether you're here today, you're like, I'm not married, Wes. I don't, this, isn't, this is irrelevant to me, Wes. Every relationship you're in ought to work like that. You ought to be, it's me and Diana right here, or if it's, if it's me and, and Rob. Rob and I go to a Bible study together. And you know what I've noticed in the last year of being the pastor of this church? The more Rob and I are in this Bible study together, the more in the Bible study together, the closer we get to Jesus. The closer we get to Jesus, the closer we are to each other. Do you see how the triangle gets smaller? You're closer at the top. The closer you get to Jesus, the closer you are at the top. I've been, a, I've been in a group with him one time. I've been with Rob Garman. I've been in two community groups with him, and I've, I've been in two men's community groups. I've been in a co-ed community group with him. Now he's leading one. But, man, the more we're together, the more we're hanging out, the more conversations about God we have, the more closer we get to God, the closer we are together. And the relationships that you're in, whether it's husband, wife, or whatever it is, I was telling Devontae and Jill, man, you ought to be growing spiritually. All of us in here today, this is practical. We ought to be growing spiritually. If you're a man in here today and or a woman here today, and you're like, man, I'm not a good reader, then get an audio book. And listen to, listen to sermons. You're like, man, I, I like listening to you preach, Wes. Go find some other guys that preach or preaching that you do like. Or maybe you don't like my preaching. You just come here to hang out with people. That's fine, too. Like, listen to stuff that's going to encourage you spiritually. So I'm in the car a lot. I'm in the car at, at least an hour in the morning and at least an hour at night. Not to mention where I'm in Winter Garden when I'm driving back around. I take my kids to school. <clears throat> I listen to sermons. 
because I'm growing spiritually. You know what Diane does when she's in her car by herself? A lot of times I'll walk out in the, in the, in the uh, driveway just so, and she'll be out there by herself. You know what she'll be doing? Listening to sermons. I, I always joke with her. I'm like, she listens to a guy, her and Desk listen to the same guy in North Carolina. I don't like to talk about his name because I'm a little bit jealous of him. And I'm like, I always, I always say to these guys, like, I was like, how's, y'all, how's y'all's pastor doing? <laughs> like, you guys post more about his sermons than you post about mine. You know I'm an insecure pastor. You know, post about my sermons. I'm just kidding. Don't one of you guys get your phone and start posting stuff about my sermon. It won't count this week. Give it time and we forget about it. <laughs> but both of them, they like, and, 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 Josh listens, and Josh listens to them too, but they like that. They're growing spiritually. Podcasts will help you grow spiritually. We live in an age where it's not hard to keep, grow spiritually because of so much access to sermons. Before, we go to church Monday, Wednesday, Sunday, or maybe Thursday night if you're in the choir, and Friday night if your parents are in the choir, like, you went seven nights a week usually back in the day. That's how I grew up in a black church, two and a half hours long. <laughs> be thinking, don't be mad at me when we go longer than an hour and 15. I used to, I grew up in church going two and a half hours. All the Spanish and black people are like, yep, that was us. It's a miracle. We're still going to church. Every relationship that you're in ought to be on that triangle. You're, we're going to get close to God, close to God, close to God. When we get close to God, we're closer to each other. We're closer to each other. When we get closer to God, we're closer to each other. Does that make sense? That's, that's normal. We're going to talk about how to do that with our kids next week. With the, when parenting, we ought, to, we ought to have Jesus conversations. We ought to talk about Christ. Being, Christ ought to be the center of our home. Christ ought to be the center wherever we're at, wherever we're going, the words out of our mouth. Christ ought to come out of our mouth. If you're a believer in here today, Christ ought to come out of your mouth. Not, not, not Jesus but like the word Jesus and God had to come out of your mouth, not like not when you stub your toe kind of Jesus, like Jesus, I love you, or look at Jesus made today, look at God's son, look at God made her. We ought to have conversations about Jesus. We ought to, we ought to have that. The closer we get to Jesus, the closer we get to, to each other in every relationship. We're just growing, growing, growing. And that's what I like about communion is you're growing and if, I, if Lee's growing fast to me, that's cool about Lee's. Lee can reach up and say, hey, bro, we're friends. Let me help you out, bro. I can see you're down. So in every relationship like that, every relationship you're trying to do is get closer to Jesus, it works out well because people that you're around can help pull you up. I told you guys, David and Heather were, were the ones that invited Lex and Lee uh, to, to the church. When before Lex even came to the church, she went to a Bible study at Heather's house. That's how it works. The, they're, the closer they get to Jesus, they're closer to the relationship's gonna be. I don't know each, other, know each other for a long time, but nothing accelerates a relationship than a relationship that's Christ-centered. It's easy to be super fluid, uh, superficial. Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Hug, hope high five. It's easy to do that. I'm in a group of, I'm in a group with a, I'm with a group of men and we're reading through the book of Proverbs this month. It's four or five guys. And it's, Proverbs is such an amazing book. But I realized the more Diane and I, if, if we don't, if we're not, let me total, total turn back. If I'm not spending quality time with Diana, things get bad in our house. That's just how it works because that's the way she likes to receive love. I, I realize this. Let me show you, let me show you this, this next thing, this cycle here today. <clears throat> and I learned something about our marriage this week. Is there, you guys have that cycle? Yeah, yeah, cool. So this is called the crazy cycle. <laughs> every man in this room here today wants to be respected. Married, single, it doesn't matter. Every man wants to be respected. All the guys said amen. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You better respect me, woman. <laughs> every man wants to be respected. I don't care who you are. Get in the car today. Not even talking about... Get in a car today and let three little punk kids with their pants below their butt get in your way and slow down, walk slow. You, 
That bothers you guys because you want to be respected. You want to get out there and help them pull their pants up and you want to move them to the side of the road with force and love. <laughs> Let me help you, son. I'll make sure those pants never sag again. Poof. Because you want to be respected. You know what every woman in this room here today, men, heads up, every woman in this room here today, they want to be loved. That's what they want. And guys, we're not good at loving. Girls are great at it. And girls, you, you struggle with respect because love is your sweet spot. And men, ours is respect. So it's easy for guys to walk into a room and go, hey man, how you doing today? And that's a respect thing. It's, it's a, hey, you don't respect, respect. Ladies, when they see each other, oh, hey, girl, hey, how you doing? They want to love each other. Let's go get coffee, girl. If it's in the morning time, you know, like, let's, hey, girl, hey, let's go hang out. That's because they, be, they, they like love. They like, that's what they do. They like, they like love. That's what they do. Walk into the gym. I walk into the gym today. I see the Paitashi here. Their son plays football, and I, I help feed the boys. I see Ryan. Ryan, what's up, man? Respect him. If I see Kate, their sweet little daughter, I thought she was sweet, but she plays lacrosse, and people that play lacrosse are got a mean streak. But I'll go up to Kate, and she's like, hey, Pastor Wes, you know. Because girls like to be loved, and guys like to be respected. Here's the problem with the cycle, is that when, you, when we don't love them, guys, when we don't love them, they don't want to respect us. And the opposite is true. If we don't, if they don't respect us, we don't want to love them, and if they don't love us, we don't respect them. And it's a vicious cycle, but here's the kicker, is that someone's got to stop the cycle. It's the same thing whether you're parenting kids or whatever relationship you're in. That's how it works. That's how the cycle works. If, you, if you're loving that person, you're loving that person, some of you guys are here today, you're sitting next to your mom, you're sitting next to your kids. If your kids don't love you or your kids don't respect you, you don't want to go out and buy them anything. You don't want to love them. You don't want to encourage them. You want to be like, ah. When our kids are bad, I'm like, man, Diana, why are our kids acting like you? <laughs> She does the same thing to me. That's your son. <laughs> like, he got that from you. We like pointing our fingers at each other. Here's what I found about me. Is I, and I, here's another, another tool. I'll leave that up there. Another tool, if you're married here today, you ought, to, you ought to do whatever you did to get your wife. You ought to do the same thing to keep your wife. Some of you wives are like, this guy, I like, some of you women are like, I like this guy. <laughs> Where's this guy been at? Yeah. Uh-huh, I know that's right. All the girls are in today. And so here's the, here's the deal. Here's what I learned about, about us this week. I'm, I'm, I don't have a hard time being transparent. I was showing this to Lee the other day. Like, I just take over his whiteboards like I own the place. And I'm up there. I'm, I drew this circle on his, on his whiteboard this week. Like at the crossroads. I'm like, leave this up here. We're gonna be there tomorrow at 9 a.m. and be there on Wednesday at 9 a.m. So he's gonna be like making sure that we're still practicing everything that we're saying to him. And I hate that, but I'm like, we're here to talk about working out, not about us. <laughs> but you know what I do? Our cycle is I'll, we'll get busy in this season called church. And we're in community group season. And I'll be busy, 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 busy. And it's football season, so I'll be going to serve the football team and such and such will call me on Wednesday night where it's guys' night, so I'll go to guys' night and we'll get busy and busy, busy, and I won't do a a date night, which you ought to date. That was what I said for you. You ought to be dating your spouse. And, and, and if you're like, man, I don't have a babysitter, you've got to join a community group. Because <laughs> then you meet people that you actually trust. Be like, hey, we're in a community group. Hey, can, you, can we trade off babysitting? Or you just need sweet friends like, like Jen. She's like, hey, I'm going to babysit for you guys once a month. For you guys going on date nights. We need to cash in. Is it November? we got to cash in. 
I'm free tonight. Are you free tonight? I'm just kidding. <clears throat> Here's what I do. Here's what I learned this week. I was, I was telling this. I, I, we, I get busy and I quit taking Diane out on dates. But you know when I institute a date? Right after she starts, right when she starts disrespecting me, <laughs> I'm like, hey, let's go on a date. And she's like, I don't want to go on a date with you. I'm like, I got a babysitter. Actually pick the plays, which is a big step for us guys. Guys, we got to pick the plays. We got to go. And, and so I'm like, hey, I got us. We're going to go on a date tonight. And she's like, with who? <laughs> what do you want? I'm like, well, I can see here that, you know, I'm not saying these words. I'm like, I can see here, hon. I don't break out the paper. Like, you can see how the respect cycle works, son. Right here, I see we're broken right here. And so I'm going to jump in and throw a date night here. I always throw a date night in here when she starts disrespecting me. <laughs> and that's the worst time to do, but I realize that. I'm learning, aren't I? You better nod your head. <clears throat> I'm learning that. And that's the worst time to throw a date night in there. Or I would do this. I'll bring her flowers, Giselle, when things are bad. And it's almost just like, why'd you, bring, why'd you spend 15 bucks on these stupid flowers? And I'm, at first I was like, you wanted me to spend 70 bucks and have them delivered? I don't know. What do you want I me mean, I just figured it would deliver. This is, this is the cheapest option. <laughs> like, I feel like, be, I feel like I'm being frugal. And she's like, why didn't you just... Why don't we just talk about why, why I'm mad at you as opposed to bringing me these flowers? I'm like, that's, that's harder. Just take the flowers. <laughs> I'm trying to help you today. Whether, whatever relationship that you're in, that cycle works. Love, respect, love, respect, love, respect. It works in, it works in, it works in sibling, it works siblings. If I'm respectful to my brother, it works out better. Or if he's respectful to me, it works out better. If we're, if we're disconnected, all my siblings are here, all my siblings are here today except for one. We, we like each other at some level enough to all be at church together today. <laughs> no one's mad. We respect each other. I don't try to step on their toes unless they allow me to, and they don't try to step on my toes. Well, Lathan does, because he does whatever he wants to do, but we, don't try to, we just try to respect each other. And are we trying to love each other? I walk, this is stupid. I walked in the back today and I hugged Jessica, who's like my sister, and I hugged both of my sisters. But if I, every week, I came here every single day, I never hugged my sisters, they would say, how come you never hugged me? But he hugs all these people, they aren't even so, they would, they would communicate to them that I don't love them. And they would, they would feel like, and then they would be like, ah, they're just, get that guy out of here. They'll be disrespectful. Or they'll just distance themselves. No matter what relationship you're in, Christ has got to be the center. He has to be right there in the middle, just orchestrating all of it. Christ has to be at the very, very center. Know your, know your friends and your spouse's love language. You ought to. Christ ought to be at the center of every relationship. Whether you're married, single, or not, or want to be, Christ ought to be at the very center. And you got to date or spend time with people that you love. Even this works with, if you have a best friend you haven't hung out in a while, when you go to hang out with there, she's like, what do you want? <laughs> I want to hang out. We haven't hung out in two months. Why do you want to hang out now? Dang. And I'm kind of like, man, I'm trying now. Cut me some slack. Spend time. Be present. Work it. If you ever see a marriage that's working, catch this for plan words. If you ever see a marriage that's working, it's because the couple is working the marriage. If you work it, it works. If you put gas in a car, it works. If you keep the battery charged, it works. Work, work, work. It works. When you work it, it works. Is that a song, Kaylin? I don't know. <clears throat> work it. If you work relationships, they work. Relationships don't just happen. They got to get worked. You can bow your head and close your eyes.